AM790 Talk and Business presents Water Fire Ignites Rhode Island with your host, Bronwyn Dannenfelser. Join Bronwyn to hear about the next water fire event in downtown Providence, plus other great cultural events happening in the community. Now, here's your host, Bronwyn Dannenfelser. And hello, 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 everybody. Gosh, what another beautiful, beautiful afternoon. And, you know, aren't we so grateful to be here in Rhode Island and to see this wonderful weather and to be able to look at the State House, which has been lit up in yellow. If you haven't been looking at it recently, it's been lit up in yellow because we are celebrating that there is a C for cure for hepatitis C. And it is so awesome. And there is so many incredible things happening this weekend. Um, one, this water fire is going to be amazing. And uh, for many different reasons, not only because of my good friend, you know, Dr. Lynn Taylor and everybody that she's brought uh, together to, you know, she's pioneered Rhode Island Defeats Hepatitis C. Uh, and we'll be talking to her later on, uh, along with the head of the um, health department, uh, Nicole and uh, Dr. Nicole and Alexander Scott. Um, so we'll be speaking to her, but yeah, I got to tell you, one of the coolest things that I love about Rhode Island is that, you know, you turn around, you bump into somebody and you're either related to them or you met them or you know them from somewhere. And I am so excited to announce that Jeffrey Osborne is going to be announcing and, um, Proclaiming from the stage and bringing everybody in at the beginning of water fire for the Rhode Island defeats Hep C water fire, um, the Uxalt, uh Gospel Choir, which is unbelievable. Ricardo Piswali. So actually, I want to bring somebody in here because she's my co-host today, uh, Rose Weaver. I call her Rosie. So I'm sorry about that, Rosie. Hello. But hello. Hello, dear. How are you? I'm great, great, great. It is a beautiful day. It, it is. It's always a beautiful day, isn't it? When yeah, you wake up be and alive. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the best thing that we can say. It's always a beautiful day there. Um, yeah, and Rosie and is going to be singing on uh, Saturday as well. But Jeffrey Osborne's going to be there. He'll be on the phone with us pretty soon, uh, talking about. His celebrity charity classic, and just also being part of Water Fire and what we do for community and why um, we try to give back, right, Rosie? It makes sense. It's it's good for the whole community. Yeah, I I mean, I think that I've seen you sing in so many different ways in so many different places. And it's always to try to move people and to move their senses and to get people feeling something. I talk about keeping the heritage alive. And when people come to watch and hear me sing, I try to give them a full experience. You know, I worked under Adrian Hall at Trinity Repertory Company. And it's really uh, him, Adrian Hall and Trinity, that taught me about spectacle and costumes and music and dance and movement and joy 
and expressing all of the emotions through the music. So whether I'm singing swing or jazz or blues, I just try to put everything into it. Well, you do, because I've sat there and I've been in the audience, and I, I, I am one of your biggest fans. And Thank you. So, this is my husband and a lot of other people I know, and Mr. Bob Burke, if you're ever going to listen to this, yeah, I know you're a big fan as well. So, you know, I, I think that um, we're, we're doing something uh, this Saturday that's really groundbreaking again. Um, we've talked to Dr. Lynn Taylor last week. And talking about hepatitis C and this cure and what's coming out. But what we really want to speak about as well is that when we're talking about these cures, I think we're talking about taking care of each other. Yes. And And awareness. Awareness. I've learned that uh, the African-American community is not as aware as it needs to be, that it's 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 at a scary place right now, um, and I just confirmed that with the doctor, that uh, a lot of African Americans, because of the disparities in health care, education, and housing, and everything else, it all seems to come back to that. Well, that comes back to social and economic justice, I guess, right? Yeah. But, I mean, I think that if we're trying to cure something and we're trying to get people down to do something then, yeah, people get scared. People don't want to hear the answers. Most people don't. They don't want to hear that you've, you've contracted that. But, but it's about uh, uh, taking care of yourself, again, as you say. It's yeah. about really making sure that everybody in the community is aware, first of all, because knowledge is free. Yeah. There's plenty of it around. And I would like to just declare right now that I want the my family of African Americans to pay attention and uh, go and deal with this. The testing is out there, and so are cures. Yeah, well, that's the amazing thing. That's that's what blows my mind, and I talk to Dr. Taylor all the time about this, and um, there's actually a cure for a virus that, mm-hmm. you know, we think of AIDS, we think of all these other um, immune deficiency uh, diseases and you know crazy but I got to tell you what the best thing we can do we can celebrate the cure right Rosie yes we can and that's the one thing I know you always know how to do is you <laughs> know how to celebrate and you know how to smile and you know how to like make people feel better I'm so honored me. and I'm very honored to be invited back uh, for this particular water fire because it does mean something to me too well, I, you know, and we got Jeffy Osborne. Ah, I kind of know him, but not well, but I know of him. I was singing his songs from his one of their first albums, the Osborne Brothers LTD. <laughs> that's right. That's what you're oh, right. That was so, oh, they had a song on there that was so much fun. Uh, Thank You, Mother. What was that? I know a person, wonderful human being, always there when I needed a friend, you know? Yeah, totally. It was, it was I, I lived by that song. Jeffrey? Hey, hello. Uh, are you there? Uh-oh. I am here. <laughs> you know, sorry, we were, we, Rosie was just singing your song, Jeffrey. Hello. <laughs> oh. <laughs> How are you? All right. How are you doing, Rose? Uh, I'm great, Jeffrey. Good to hear your voice. All right, yeah. 
So tell us, I mean, one, thank you so much for being part of Waterfire on Saturday. It's such a huge and amazing thing. Um, but you do so much work um, when you come back with your charity classic. Can you tell us a little bit more about what you're doing? Well, you know, this is our fifth year, and uh, we've been uh, fortunate enough to come back and uh, we have a celebrity golf tournament, which we do down at Carnegie Abbey in Portsmouth. Uh, and uh, we have a celebrity softball game, which we do on the 8th, which is uh, Monday night coming up. Yeah, that's uh, supposed to be so much fun for and, families, uh, right, Jeff? Hmm, what'd you say? That's supposed to be so much fun for families. Like, oh, what a yeah. wonderful yeah, thing it's, to do. It's one of those things that community can definitely uh, afford to come to. It's like a $10 ticket. And, uh, you know, I have a lot of great celebrities coming in, uh, as we do every year. And Magic Johnson is, like, the host of my tournament. So he always comes in and uh, does my reception on Sunday night. And then he plays in the softball game. And we play against the uh, Patriots alumni, so it's kind of fun, you know, because we got all those guys like Ty Law from the Patriots coming out to play. And uh, So Hill who's going to win, Jeffrey? We got Smokey Robinson this year. Oh, we my got, goodness. Uh, yeah. We got uh, Eddie LaVert from the OJs. We got uh, Johnny Gill. We have Belleville DeVoe. We have, uh, oh, oh, my God, we got Dr. J. Yeah, Dr. J is here. So we got a great, uh, you know, just a great lineup of celebrities. They're going to be coming out to the uh, to this play softball and also to play golf. And on Tuesday morning, which is the ninth, we, uh, we, play, we play golf. So on the 7th, it's our reception at Carnegie at the 8th. We do a softball game on the ninth. We play golf, and uh, you know it's just a fun three-day event that uh, we do annually, and it's been great. And we give money to like six charities in Rhode Island. The golf is on uh, August ninth. The golf is on August ninth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we play that morning, and then we have a big uh, dinner gala after we play. So I was there. Monday. Well, I was almost there last year for the golf tournament, but it was rained out. Oh, yeah, it was completely rained out last year. Yeah. <laughs> and that's why that was the first time we got rained out. But it looks uh-huh. like this, uh, the weather's looking great for this uh, coming up week for, for Monday night for the softball game and for the golf on Tuesday. Great. Yeah, well, that, We're happy I, about that. I yeah. think that's what we really want to see, right, is we want to see people get out there yes. and do something. And so, Jeffrey, where when you're raising all this money, where is it going to? I mean, you were such a... Homeland, Rhode Islander, and you, you know, you're so wonderful. Where are well, you putting we this? Have, uh, we have six charities uh, that we're giving money to. Uh, the Boys and Girls Club. Yeah. Uh, we give money to the Amos House, which I'm sure everybody knows the Amos House. They are a great organization uh, that feeds people every day, and they take people in that uh, not many other people would take in, and they rehabilitate people and teach them culinary arts and uh, it's just a great, uh, really kind of a warm, safe haven kind of place uh, right here in Providence. So yeah. uh, we give to the Amos House. We give to uh, the Rhode Island Philharmonic Orchestra, which together uh, we try uh, to put music back in the public school system because, as you know, that's the first thing to leave are the art programs. Uh, so uh, together we've been yeah. uh, working to put music back in public school systems. Uh, I have the Met School, which is an alternative high school where people can, kids can go and start taking classes for really what they want to do later in life. Uh, I have uh, 
Buttonhole, which is a little nine-hole mm. golf course mm. right in Providence, Rhode Island. And I love them because they're, they're teaching kids the game of golf, and they'll go around to schools during recess and teach kids about the game of golf. And they're, you know, teaching them that it's more than just a sport. It's a very important social game. And so, uh, so Buttonhole is one. And then St. Mary's Home for Children. Uh, it's another organization that we give money to. So those are the six charities that we're involved with. And we try to keep it to six. I don't want to keep adding because I want to be able to make a significant difference in each one of these programs. Sounds like over the long term. Yeah. yeah. Jeff, can, Jeffrey, can you stay on the line with us? We're going to have to take a break, but can you stay on the line okay. with us for another few sure. minutes? All right. All right, hold on one second. You are listening to AM790, your station for talk and business, and Waterfire Ignites Rhode Island. And we're going to be back with Jeffrey Osborne, who is here with the Jeffrey Osborne Charity Classic. We've got this weekend's Waterfire, which is Rhode Island Defeats Hepatitis C, led by my great friend, Dr. Lynn Taylor. And, um, yeah, there's so much to talk about. You are listening to Waterfire Ignites Rhode Island here on AM790. Jeffrey, are you still there? I'm still with you, yeah. Good, good, very good. You know, Jeffrey, I have always been a fan of yours. You know that. I remember one time, tell me if you remember this, you and Manny Barrows coming to pick me up and taking me to see Diana Ross. <laughs> yeah, that was at the Warwick uh, Musical tent, I believe. That's right. <laughs> it was quite a few years yeah. ago. I sure do miss Manny, but... Oh, I know. He was a, a truest, greatest friend here in Providence, Rhode Island. And a great singer like you. He really, uh, and he helped a lot of people along. So I want to I find out a little bit. I think the audience would be really interested in knowing right now um, how you started. Well, you know, I'm the youngest of 12 in my family. So it was kind of easy for me to get started because all of my brothers and sisters were into music. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... I started at a very early age, you know, my mother had me uh, singing for all her little, you know, outings. Uh, I started playing trumpet when I was in elementary school. It didn't last long, though, but, uh, you know, my father was a great trumpet player. And being that I was the last child, it was like, someone's going to play this trumpet. So <laughs> I uh-huh. ended up playing a trumpet for maybe a year or two, uh-huh. and I wasn't very into it. Uh, but I started playing drums when I was maybe... 14 or 15, and got into a couple of local groups. Always had singing groups. And uh, actually, Manny was in uh, one of my first singing groups. We were called the Twilight. <laughs> and we used to sing at all the local little spots. And we used to be on the corners every night out there singing under the, under oh, the street lights every night. And uh, that was uh, a fun time for me back then. And then, you know, I started playing. I actually started performing in nightclubs at 13 years old my mother used mm-hmm. to chaperone 13 years old 13 at 13 i was being right. chaperoned and actually my first job was in new london connecticut at a club called the ebony lounge and i was 13 <laughs> and i thought i was like making a lot of money i was getting ten dollars a night back then <laughs> <laughs> to sing a few songs and so you know, I got hooked on it very early, and uh, and so how did LTD? Hooked, how did know? LTD figure into that? LTD, I met LTD in 1970. Was that they your were coming through? That, were oh, that wasn't LTD. your group. 
who was in the group? That wasn't your group. I thought you were in that group. No, no, no. LTD was Sam and Dave's band. Sam and Dave was a great group back in the 70s that did all those great songs, Hold On, I'm Coming, all those songs that people think the Blues Brothers did. It was, that was actually Sam and Dave that recorded all those songs. And uh, uh, LTD was like their band, their backup band, and they were traveling up the East Coast. They left seven days, oh. and I met him one night in the club in the province. Uh-huh. Actually, I met him because uh, people were telling me, you got to go see this. It's like 10 guys on there. Actually, they said it was like 10 black guys playing in the club, and I'm like, wow, i got to go see this. So <laughs> I went and saw him, and the night that I went, their drummer got taken to jail for smoking marijuana out in front of the club, and this was 1970. <laughs> That was a major oh. offense in 1970. Uh-huh. So they actually locked him up, and Denny uh, Woods was the club owner at the time, and he asked me if I would sit in. and So I sat in with him and played drums and sang a couple of songs, and uh-huh. uh, they asked me to join the group. And that was in 1970. I left Providence then, and we went out to L.A., drove to L.A., and... Uh, 1972, we got our first record deal. People get ready. There's a change coming, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and about Clay Osborne, my goodness, we all miss him really a lot. Yeah. Um, how did he start? You, you, He was your older brother because you were the He's oldest. He's my oldest brother, yeah. The oldest. Well, yeah, he was my oldest brother. And, uh, you know, so as long as I can remember, Clay was, you know, performing. Uh, I grew up uh, admiring Clay, watching him perform mm-hmm. at all the local spots here. You know, he was like the jazz guy here in Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the whole motivation for me to actually put a golf tournament together is because of my brother Clay. Oh. Because he, his dream was to uh, do a scholarship program for the arts. That's and, uh, awesome. you know, when he passed... Uh, I wanted to keep his dream going, so and you I have. felt like it. So mm-hmm. yeah, so I put the tournament together, and and it was really uh, in his name at first. It was uh, Jeffrey Ellis' Clay Osmond Foundation. So mm-hmm. the proceeds went to try to get his foundation off the ground, and to uh, put some uh, some kids into some music scholarships. So oh. he was my he was wow I, he was so much of a inspiration for me. He was just a great guy, a great singer, and uh, you know, he was like the jazz guy here in Rhode Island for years. He sure was, and I still have uh, this beautiful album on my desk because I'm just listening right now because I'm going to be working on an album soon. And and Clay was an inspiration to me. Uh, we used to sing it out at the gatehouse, and we'd sit out there and have a couple of drinks. But did you guys take voice lessons and things like that? Uh, I never have. You know, it was all natural, and it was with Clay, too. Uh, as I progressed uh, in the music industry, I started performing in Las Vegas. And this was back in, I guess, uh, late, early 80s, actually. It was actually when I became a solo artist. I started doing venues in Vegas, and it was so dry out there. And I was doing, like, seven nights and double shows and... Uh, so I sought after this great uh, teacher, vocal teacher, his name was Seth Riggs. Seth, Seth Riggs, Riggs, I think, yeah. taught, Seth Riggs taught everybody, from mm-hmm. Stevie to uh, Streisand to Denise Williams to Michael Jackson to everybody. And I went to Seth Riggs uh, really just to get a series of great exercises that would open up my larynx, uh, you know, and 
relaxing so that I could get through all these dry nights in uh, Vegas. And so I went to set for maybe, I don't know, three or four months, and he gave me some great things to do, some great vocal hygiene things to do, mm-hmm. and uh, some great vocal exercises. Hmm. And uh, it really kind of opened me up. But that was the first time ever, and that was like 1982. Mm-hmm. I took my first lesson, yeah. I guess I kind of want to know, you know, do young people up and coming now need to do vocal lessons? And, and you know, it's tough staying in the business, having the kind of longevity that you've had. Any advice yeah, for them? Yeah, you're right. Well, if you want longevity, you should definitely. You should definitely start out taking uh, vocal lessons. But I and, think we uh, need to keep that taking continued. Taking care of that, that, that little muscle. That's the tiniest muscle in the body is the vocal cord. And it is put through more use than any other muscle. I mean, we wear it out just talking every day and singing. So, yeah, you have to learn how to take care of that muscle. And, uh, you know, that's a lot of things that I learned through just being in the business. And Seth Riggs also helped me with a lot of that. But I also think that, Jeffrey, that's why I love what you're doing with the Charity Classic. um, Because you're bringing what a lot of programs are being taken out of schools. Um, you're bringing back to people and and, and giving them that opportunity. And being somebody who the arts was more important to me than sports, then, you know, it it helped me create myself. That's really important. Um, I think it's an important part of who we are um, when we grow up, or for some of us. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. I mean, I wouldn't be where I was at today if it wasn't for... Uh, you know, the opportunities I got in, in public school system. Hmm. You know, that's so why they gave me, you know, we had free trumpet lessons. So, I mean, uh, you know, we had the, the chorales, we were in the vocal groups. And so we all learned, you know, and not just myself, but all of my peers, all the people I work with and do tours with everybody. When you talk to the Aretha Franklins and the Gladys Knights and all those people, they all learned in public school. And so it's, uh, it's amazing that they're taking that away from us because. That is like one of the best tools we've had. Tell yeah. me, is uh, now so, and you've done the same thing with 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 some of the sports, with golf, such a such a a, a wonderful way to disip, to learn discipline. I remember um, when I got married in 1984, one of the first things my spouse, my late spouse, did was to get me on the golf course. But he how did you do, Rosie? Actually, he, he wouldn't let me on the course until after I learned all golf course etiquette. That was really, really important because he figured if I could keep up, then I could play with anybody, and that's true. At one time, I was really good. We played like four times a week when we moved to L.A., Mm -hmm. but I'm I'm a hacker now, but I still enjoy getting out. I I, I think, Jeffrey, um, I think you might have somebody that wants to be on the the course with you on the ninth. (laughs) Just say it. Just say it. We we, we all are hackers out there. And she might sing a tune. I know what I do for a living, so I don't take golf that seriously. Although I enjoy the game, and, and, you know, I took some lessons so that I wouldn't make a fool of myself. But, uh, you know, that's that's not... Well, is that what we're all supposed to do? Because it's not a good game for, especially me, a redheaded person and who is Irish and Italian, (laughs) and it was no patience. I'm like, wow! Do you have a good group signed up so far? Uh, what, what would you say? Do you have a, a good group of people signed up for the for the golf tournament? Oh yeah, we have uh, incredible celebrities playing in the golf tournament. And then you know, you know what's beautiful is that uh, it's a sponsor driven event. So you know, uh, some of the nice corporate people here in uh, 
Rhode Island have taken out sponsorship packages. And so what we do is we put the celebrities with the sponsor groups. So each group of sponsors has a celebrity to play with. And uh makes it a fun evening, you know, and, uh I mean, a fun day of golf. And that's how we team people up. So uh, it's, you know, it is. We have, we have quite a few. Actually, I think I probably have maybe 30 to 34 celebrities. Wow. Coming in, and, actually, and, so the, it, so. and so the celebrities, how about community people who are going to get a chance to play with them? Well, it's not, you know, there's not many community people that can afford this tournament. Okay. Which is, okay. Why, which is why we do the softball game. So that okay. we can okay. and that's only actually August get 8th, everybody. people involved so that they can see these celebrities. Because, like I said, it's more of a sponsor-driven event uh, for the golf tournament. I mean, but anyone can play, but it's not very affordable for the community people. Okay, so everybody, August eighth is the softball game, which is August affordable. August eighth, seven, it's seven o'clock seven at o'clock. night at McCoy Stadium. We have the softball game, exactly. So we've got that happening, and actually, Jeff, I, Jeffrey, I want to thank you so much because what you're doing as we kick off our Rhode Island defeats hepatitis C, you're going to be there, but you've also offered up. Um, a couple of VIP tickets uh, to do that, so people who get their passport to health and come down to Waterfire can see that and win a chance to do that. And somebody is actually going to win the chance to play um, oh, in the great. classic. <laughs> and I am so grateful to you for that, for being a Rhode Islander, and um, but, you know for giving back because I think that's what we're all about here. Um, yeah. At least we are at Waterfire. Oh, you know. I mean, it's all about community and about health and about wellness. And so thanks, mm. Jeffrey. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me on. And it's always so much fun to come back home. Uh, I love Rhode Island. It's, it's one of the most beautiful places. I've we can tell. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, the celebrities love it. They've never really seen Rhode Island. Uh, you know, when they come back here and they play on this court and they're sitting right on the ocean and you get to see the beauty of Rhode Island, and that's why they keep coming back. Uh, you know, so it's, it's it's a fun weekend for me, and uh, I look forward to it. And it's finally nice to be able to come and give back. You know, uh-huh. thanks for being you. Home is where the heart uh-huh. is. Exactly. All right. All right. Well, you are listening to AM 790, your station for talk and business, and Waterfire ignites Rhode Island, and we will be right back talking with Dr. Lynn Taylor, and we're going to be talking to the director of Health of Rhode Island, uh, Nicole Alexander-Scott. And hello, 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 and welcome back. You are listening to Waterfire Ignites Rhode Island. And gosh, what an amazing weekend, an amazing week coming up. We've got Rhode Island defeats Hepatitis C happening on August 6th at Waterfire. The music's going to be out of this world. We've got the Exalt Magic Choir coming on in the beginning. We've got Jeffrey Osborne. It's going to welcome everybody back to Rhode Island because, you know what, that's our Rhode Island man, you know, and that's our Rhode Island singer. And we've got Rose Weaver, who, as I've always said, is probably the best of the best. And she's been here co-hosting with me. Thank you, Rosie. Thank you. It's been quite fun. It's so much fun to talk with Jeffrey. Uh, Yeah, well, you know, that's... uh, 
that's a thing. <laughs> you guys sing. I can't. So, <laughs> Lynn, we'll talk about something else different because, you know, I don't know. Are we going to sing a tune, Lynn? <laughs> I have been singing Stay With Me Tonight and On the Wings of Love for the last two days <laughs> to all my patients and all my staff. And there's a giant cane coming out and grabbing me by the neck and everybody's begging me to please stop. But I've been doing it because I'm just so overcome with gratitude to Mr. Jeffrey Osborne. And I wouldn't even try to sing anything that Miss Rose Weaver sings, but I'm just so <laughs> deeply and grateful to Miss Rose Weaver, to such important people, and to come with their beautiful music and their generosity. To be so generous, to come out for hepatitis C is overwhelming, and it is so meaningful for the 16 thousand Rhode Islanders living with this disease that is burdensome and is associated with a painful stigma. So I'm just so grateful to Waterfire and to Ms. Weaver and to Mr. Osborne for their incredible generosity to do something for hepatitis C. It, it really helps people and will bring people out. C, we say, is for cure. C is for celebrate. C is for community and coming together. C is for collaborate, C is for connect, and C is for come get, get tested. We have a great team of testers, very seasoned testers coming to help, and I will personally be contacting folks whose tests comes back showing exposure to give them a hand to get into care. And C is for Centers for Disease Control because leading off our water fire opening ceremony, we have Dr. Brian Edlin. I know that's amazing from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Mm -hmm. How incredible is that? That that's we really great. I mean, I think we're doing things here that are groundbreaking. Um, not only in you know we talk about charity classics, we talk about what we do in healthcare. Everyone thinks of Rhode Island is just a small little state that's got nothing going on. <laughs> I got to tell you, I think we've got more going on here than anywhere else. Yeah, and this is a wonderful opportunity, too, for people to take advantage of getting tested for free. Exactly. And that's, you know, I think that's the one thing that, Lynn, we talked about this last week. Or Dr. Taylor, I'm Lynn's sorry. Lynn's great. Um, but, you know, we talked about this last week. Sometimes you don't want to hear things, or sometimes you have to ask to be screened for things. And it's not the first thing that someone would ask for. Um, and I think you said that that's being moved through in the medical field, that people, that that will be something that might be put on, like, the next time you go for your blood screening. Absolutely. And we're particularly grateful for the leadership of Dr. Nicole Alexander-Scott, who is our director of health at the Rhode Island Department of Health. And just a few days ago, the Rhode Island Department of Health put out a blast trying to get healthcare providers, healthcare clinicians, more on board, more educated, to come on board and say, hey, you know what? This is the leading infectious disease killer of people in our country. We all need to learn more about this. All of us do. So we want to see improvements at the system level and with physicians and with testing. And it's really thrilling that Dr. Nicole Alexander-Scott and her team at the Department of Health are in full support. And so on top of all the incredible advancements in hepatitis C. A lot well, of people don't even know how you get it. Yeah, but we're going to be calling her in a second because I can't only imagine what... I mean, I see Lynn, what you do, um, and, and all of... 
what your work life encompasses. But I can't imagine being the head of the Department of Health and trying to look at all of these other different um, diseases and things like that. So I, I, I'm sure that there's a lot of things that are coming down the pathway with her. Um, but I'm so excited. I think we're going to get her on the phone in just a few minutes. Um, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be back, and we'll be talking to the Director of Health of Rhode Island. Uh, and it'll be wonderful, and we'll be back with uh, Lynn Taylor and, of course, Rosie Weaver and you're listening to Waterfront Ignites Rhode Island here on AM790, your station for talk and business. And always remember that we are underwritten by National Grid and our friends at Lifetime Medical. They are, do such great work, and they are always providing great care. 401-333-3333. Hey, I can remember that. Like. And hello, 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 and welcome back. You know, we have been talking about this incredible weekend that's coming up. Gosh, we just talked to Jeffrey Osborne. We've got Rose Weaver here in the studio. We've got Dr. Lynn Taylor, who is the pioneer for actually Rhode Island defeats hepatitis C. And on the phone, we have Dr. Nicole Alexander-Scott, who is the head of the Rhode Island Health Department, right, Lynn? Yes, she is. She and is has home. been an incredible um, advocate of everything that we're doing to make forward strides. Hello, Dr. Scott. Hello. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me on. We're thank so you excited. for well. Thank you for joining us. Hello, Dr. Alexander Scott. This is your friend Lynn. Hello. Hello. We're thrilled to have you, Dr. Taylor. Yes. <laughs> So, Nicole, Dr. Nicole Alexander Scott and I worked side-by-side side before she became the director of health in our state. She's a very, very, um, very incredible infectious disease physician at the department, in the Department of Medicine at Brown University. So we worked side-by-side side and cared for many people living with hepatitis C together. Yeah. Mm. I mean, you must be facing a lot of things there, um, Dr. Scott. Are you Absolutely. Are you? We... Um, have a number of uh, public health issues that we always find important to bring attention to. Tremendous uh, team and staff here who um, work tirelessly to um, make sure that people are aware and protected and treated, and hepatitis C is um, one of those. So Dr. Taylor and many others in the state are um, critical partners in helping us address hepatitis C, remembering that C stands for cure. cure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sorry to like, talk right with you at that point, but yeah. yes, C, yeah. C does stand for cure. And, and that's amazing. And, um, you know, we're sitting here uh, and, and just trying to, like, figure out the demographics and, Again, who needs to be tested and for hepatitis C? Um, and I don't, I don't want to just talk about the hepatitis C, but I want to talk about what you're facing as, in, in what you're doing. Um, you know, there, there's a lot of things out there. So there's hepatitis C, which we know is the main killer, right? Um, 
But I'm sure that your office is constantly looking left and right and trying to help people to figure out the right things to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hepatitis C is um, major, but also gives us the opportunity to help serve um, people who are impacted by um, many challenges, um, Mm -hmm. oftentimes that can be connected with hepatitis C or ones that may not be as well. Um, One of the challenges in particular where there may be some overlap um, is our overdose uh, epidemic, um, particularly if there are injection drug users um, without having awareness both about overdose prevention and about hepatitis C someone could be at risk of dealing with both challenges. And it really gives us an opportunity to make sure we leverage getting the word out and implementing public health interventions that we know will make a difference across the board. That's so important, Dr. Alexander Scott, and I'm very privileged on Thursday mornings to spend my time at Kodak, Rhode Island's only nonprofit method of maintenance program, caring for many young people Um, really born into poverty and addiction and contending with addiction and hepatitis C. We also have the bulk of the hep C epidemic in Rhode Island and beyond occurring among people who never, ever used any drugs, who were just people born in the 40s, the 50s, the 60s, the 70s and 80s. So just because we were born in those years where baby boomers born between 1945 and 1965, we grew up and we're part of a medical system that knew nothing about infection control. Mm-hmm. And we might have been exposed to hepatitis C, which is only spread by blood, through contaminated metal containers, glass vials, the reuse of syringes, just through growing up in those years. Since we didn't know about hepatitis C in the medical field in 1989, we also want to make sure that people know that just because we have hepatitis C doesn't mean that we ever were contending with addiction, and this is really a disease. So it's nothing to be ashamed of. Nothing to be ashamed of. Not that addiction is anything to be ashamed of either, but it's all comers, all comers, and especially 75% of people in Rhode Island with hepatitis C in the United States are just us baby boomers, just us older folks. So are you saying that a lot of people don't even know they have it? The Center for Disease Control, which is in pretty conservative in terms of its estimates, estimates three-quarters of people in our nation are unaware because we don't feel anything when we first catch hepatitis C, and we may never feel anything. So we still have this tremendous challenge, and that's why, again, we're so grateful to Dr. Nicole Alexander-Scott and the efforts of the Department of Health working tirelessly at the forefronts to get Rhode Islanders tested and diagnosed. Yeah. Dr. Scott, what, what, what would your best course of action, or if you could say something to everybody that's listening, what, what would your advice be? Would it be just go to your doctor and get a checkup or? Absolutely. There are a number of messages that are critical to know about. Um, Early testing, making sure that people um, know about being able to um, get to their providers and as Dr. Taylor um, alluded to, um, baby boomers, anyone born between 1945 and 19... 65. Um, that's the population that we really want to make sure is aware about the risk of hepatitis C. 
um, being present and that there's something that you can do about it um, for sure. There are, there are primary care doctors. Um, we are able to help refer people to places where there are services and testing that's available and really getting to connect with your doctor um, so that uh, testing can be done. The recommendations are that it's at least once um, in your uh, lifetime, and particularly for those who are baby boomers born between 1945 and 1965, it gives an opportunity to get to know your hepatitis C status if you were to have it, because that can help prevent long-term um, impacts uh, like cirrhosis or liver cancer. If you actually know about hepatitis C, it gives an opportunity to um, get referred for treatment. And this is one of the few diseases where there is a cure that's possible because of the new treatments that are available. So I... One, I mean, I think that's amazing, and I also want to recommend to the people that are my age and the millennials, go to your doctor anyway. Um, might not be hepatitis C that you're looking for, but let's look for everything else that you might, you know, <laughs> you might think that, you know, it never is going to happen to you, but you, you might just want to check it out. So <laughs> anyway, um, Dr. Scott or Alexander Scott, I, I don't know which to address you by <laughs> sorry um, but thank you so much and thank you for you know giving back to our community and really believing in what we're doing and this Rhode Island defeats hepatitis C I think it's so important I've got Dr. Lynn Taylor here with me. I've got Rose Weaver. And we are honoring Dr. Nicole Alexander-Scott's leadership in this hep C epidemic Saturday night at our C is for Cure water fire because Dr. Nicole Alexander-Scott will be leading the way as a torchbearer. Yes. Oh, that's great. Along with others at the health department, Dr. Phil Chan, Dr. Thomas Bertrand. So thanks to you so much. Yes, and I I also want to... um, really um, celebrate both uh, Dr. Lynn Taylor and Waterfire for such a tremendous partnership. The amount of attention that's been brought to this at the state level just means everything for people being able to make a difference in their lives. So thank you. Thank you for what you do. And for everybody, go check out the Waterfire website and we'll be able to see you down by the river on Saturday because there is a lot going on from Let music us fly to, you to the moon. Exactly. Fly me to the moon, Rosie. <laughs> <laughs> You've been listening to Waterfire Ignites Rhode Island here on AM790, your station for talking business. I'm Bronwyn Dannenfelser and I will see you down by the riverside. <laughs> <laughs>